Joshua 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, if you have your Bibles, you can underline that. See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. Seven, the number of completion. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. I was bad. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. Amen. Before we get into the word, I want to do something. I think we should shout. How many seconds we got? All campuses online. If you dare believe in the word of God, which is alive, I want to encourage you all to shout. Do you have a Jericho in your life or not? So right now, prophetically, if you want to see some Jerichos fall, I dare you, every single one from the front to the back, to shout, hallelujah, hallelujah, yes, Lord. to church today. I came to church today. I needed that shout. And I know some of you whispered it, but what's so great about being a part of church is that you may have whispered it, but someone is next to you. They shouted for you. That's why you can't do life alone. Even for you that it's online and you live in Maryland. Do you see the people's eyebrow? Make it to church one day. You'll be surprised. You may not always have the strength. Make it to church and have someone shout for you and see the Jerichos come falling down. Amen? I'm excited for the word. Let's just pray. Father, thank you. Jerichos still fall. Not because of anything we can do, but because of who you are. God, I thank you for everyone underneath the sound of my voice, Lord. I step aside and I say, let them hear only what you have to say. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm a woman. And I hate the stereotype that some women get. I'm going to talk about the stereotype because some of you here, you have it. 
And that's simply that women can't drive. Did you laugh from the heart? You right there with the chain. Did you laugh from the heart? <laughs> that's facts. Ah! Holy Spirit. Well, I'm a righteous woman. Because this thing would have come... I'm shocking. <laughs> it's not all true. And I'm one of those women, okay? I can drive. You know, there's most people, they're average drivers. I'm above average. I can multitask. I do a lot in the car, okay? I, do, I eat sandwiches in the car. I fix my makeup in the car. I prophesy in my car. I evangelize in the car. I sing, oh gosh. I sing all of Alvin and the Chipmunk songs with my kids in the car. Um, and because I said I'm a little prophetic, I tend to not really go where my GPS is telling me. I kind of go with the flow. And because I'm going with the flow, what happens is that sometimes there's a quick turn. No one else saw but me. But I know where I'm going, kind of, sort of. The Lord is leading me. And again, there's so much happening in the car. Oftentimes, the GPS is on. 99% of the time, the GPS is on. I don't like traffic, so I like what the GPS tells me to go. But it's talking to me. But because I'm so involved with everything else, other people's business, everything else, because I'm so involved, I don't hear what the GPS is telling me. And sure enough, I end up somewhere not where I need to go, but where I want to go. How did I end up in Nordstrom? Oh my God, you're doing it again. You've led me. Thank you. How am I a target? I'm not just in the parking lot. I'm through the doors. How did I end up here? It's not, it's not where I needed to go. I needed to go somewhere else. I needed to go to the bank. I needed to do something else important. But because I wasn't listening to what the GPS was telling me, I was just going where I needed to go. It's interesting because sometimes our disobedience, it's kind of funny. It takes us somewhere that's not that bad. And we can laugh at it. I'm not sure about you, but I laugh at my kids when they get hurt. a serious, serious hurt, but especially when you talk to them and you tell them not to do something and they do it anyway, you told them not to jump on that bed, didn't you? Don't jump on the bed. You're going to fall off. No, I can do it. I'm Superman. And sure enough, they fall. And what happened? They're crying. And I hold them. I cuddle them, but I'm still laughing at them. Like some of you, you didn't listen to the doctor when he said that you should stay away from dairy. You didn't listen when you went to Cold Stone. You didn't listen when you went to Costa. Now everybody in the car is suffering because of what's happening in your belly. You didn't listen. You didn't listen to the box. You know the box in all caps? It said, for professional use only. But you just couldn't wait for the hairdresser. You wanted to relax them edges, didn't you? And you said, while I'm relaxing the edges, I might as well get all the hair in, you know? You're not a professional. But she figured you can read, so I guess I'm going to just do it. And now you have no edges. You don't have legs. You don't have anything. It happened 25 years ago, and you're still blaming that one little perm. That's me. I blame the perm. The perm of 99. Some consequences of our disobedience is funny. Others keep us from the miracles that we want. You know, God has something to say about everything in our lives, right? God says to forgive. 
God says to have no idol before him. God says to tithe. It just got silent in the Methodist church. They thought they were somewhere Pentecostal. They said, nope. God says to not forsake the meeting of the brethren. God says to not be afraid. God says to sit down, be humble. Maybe that was Kendrick. They sound the same sometimes. God says to cast all of your cares onto him. God says above all else to guard your heart. God says all these things and he's always talking to us. Leading us somewhere. His word is a lamp unto our feet. A light unto our path. There's somewhere that he wants to take us. There's somewhere great, somewhere great that he has for us. And obedience is a key. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, it's a wonderful story. Read on your own. Just amazing. I'm going to pull this text out of it. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Ah, ah, ah. A lot of us, um, we want to obey God in the big things, don't we? We want to obey God in the, in the big things. Look at the story. Samuel was talking to Saul. And Saul said, I did everything that you said. No, he didn't. He did partial. You know partial obedience is still. Did your mom tell that to you again? What'd you say? Partial obedience is what? It's still Disobedience. He disobeyed. That word obey, it means to hear. And the wonderful thing is we were created to hear. We can obey. When God is speaking to us, Columbia, we can obey. Obedience, though, it can be scary, isn't it? Well, it depends who you're obeying. If you don't know him, of course. I love what Pastor said last week that, yes, our God, he's a shepherd, but he's not just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. If he's leading us somewhere, if he wants, us to, if he wants to take us somewhere, it's going to be good. Obedience is a non-negotiable part of our Christian walk. You can't just pick all these different things and say, I'm not going to obey. It doesn't work that way. We're going to end up in places that God never called us to go. When we consider God, we must consider, we just must know that he's a good God. And because he's good, he's trustworthy. If he asks us to do something, then there is a plan in place. And he's working it out for our good. Um, the children of Israel, if we go back to the opening text, they were coming out of the wilderness. They had wandered in the wilderness for a while, and God was telling them about this land. And this is the new generation now, so they're about to take the land. And Joshua, he's the leader, and he's taking them, and they're starting with Jericho. Jericho? They're starting with Jericho. Okay, for you all, do you start your day with the hardest thing or the easiest thing? Hardest thing. Who starts your day with the hardest thing? Okay. Okay. Who starts their day with the easiest thing? Who just doesn't start their day? <laughs> I'm going to come back tomorrow. <laughs> God didn't give them that choice. He said, you're starting with Jericho. This hard city, this formidable city, it was smaller, but it was mighty. 
known for its walls, not just a singular wall, but a double wall. Some commentators say that the wall was so thick that um, people can actually race chariots on top of it. It was between 32 to 42 feet high. It was this impenetrable city. Jericho was known for its walled city, and this was where they were going to start. Now? Yes, now. They were stepping into this promise, but Jericho was right there. You know, all of us have a Jericho in our lives. We do. There's this mighty big promise that God has for us, but there's this thing, this big thing that's just right in our way, this eyesore that's right there. It's not just an eyesore, but it's almost cancerous. You can't defeat it. It's just right there. You've tried, but you just can't get over it. Some of us, it's internal. Maybe it's something like depression. Maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe it's pornography. Alcoholism. Maybe it's shame from your BC days. Before Christ, BC. (laughs) No one knows but you. Your Jericho is in your heart. Some of you, Jericho's, they're more external. People can see it. Maybe it's a marriage. It's a really bad marriage. Maybe it's this wayward child. Maybe it's a financial issue. I don't know what it is, but we all have one. We don't have to live long enough to see Jericho's in our lives. The amazing thing is that no matter how many Jericho's we have, they still fall. I think only one person heard me. No matter how many Jerichos you have in your life, they still fall. And here's the fun thing about Jerichos and how they fall. They don't fall how we think they're going to fall. It takes obedience. Obeying in the simple things. What's wonderful is that God is asking us to obey in the simple things. And as we obey in the simple things, we're going to see these Jerichos in our lives fall, everybody. <laughs> Praise God. Today's Mother's Day, yeah? Woohoo! Great. I have three of them. They're great. They all look like they're dead, but I carried them for 10 months. Am I mad? Do I sound mad? (laughs) I love this day. I think as a mom, sometimes it's hard. It's tiring. Sometimes you feel like you're just doing the simple thing over and over and over again. What you have to know, it's not in vain. That's simple obedience, moms. It's producing something. We're going to unpack the story of Jericho for the next four hours. And um... <laughs> what if I was serious? You would leave in the middle of a message? Exactly. <laughs> for just the next couple of minutes, we're going to unpack the story. And if you're taking notes because you love Jesus. You can write this down. See victory first. Come on, UBC. See victory first. If there's one thing I have a hate-hate relationship with traveling, it's the airport. 
How do you travel without the airport? I know, I just complained the entire time. But I hate the airport. I really hate it. Why? Because they're just large and they're complicated and it's just so annoying. Oftentimes when we're traveling, we have to take a connecting flight. The thing is, I try to be cute. I try to recreate, you know, a YouTube airport look and all that stuff. I try to saunter my way to the gate. But the way, how the distance, I just can't make it. I got to throw them bows. I got to push old ladies out the way. Move. Don't finish the song. <laughs> the airline said I was going to be able to make my connecting flight. But the fact that I'm getting off of Terminal A, Gate 1, and my connecting flight is Terminal G, Gate 129, I don't see how that's possible. So no, ma'am, I cannot make it. I'm going to stand right here and wait for how long? I don't know. I'm just going to stand right here and pout and complain about something. I don't want to go on a dummy mission. I don't want to try to move and like run and end up getting somewhere and then seeing the plane take off. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to conserve my energy and I'm going to park my little happy tail right here. But here's not the final destination. Here's not the final destination. I find so many of us, it's not a flight that we don't want to go after. It's something else in our lives. Something that's elusive. It's like right there. And it's like, that looks like a dummy mission. That Jericho is way too tall. I'm not going after it. I don't see how it's possible. So I'm going to conserve my energy. I'm going to park my little happy tail right here. And you're not complacent. You're bitter in your heart. And you're secretly mad at God. You don't see how this Jericho is going to fall. So you're here. And there's, you're in the middle of the promised land. But there's an enemy, a stronghold that's right there. The reality of that marriage, it's pretty bad. You're not even husband and wife. You're, you're roommates. You don't see a vacation. You don't see yourself happy. You don't see anything. The reality of that child and what's going on, it's pretty bad. I mean, they're saying all types of random things. They're talking about how they don't believe in God anymore. You don't see them at church with you. You don't even see them at your house. The reality of that job, it's pretty bad. It's pretty overwhelming. You don't see how you're going to be able to get a promotion. Your boss, I mean, they hate you. How do you know? They pretty much told you to quit in 25 different ways. I mean, you don't like them either, but still. You don't see how you're going to get a promotion, how you're going to have that financial increase. You don't see. It's hard to go into battle when we think we're not going to be victorious in it. So, so many of us, we just don't. There's a great story in 2 Kings 6, and I love it. I just love the whole Bible. I'm a Bible chick. It's just, it's just so good. And we have free Bibles, too, if you need them at every campus. But there's a story in um, 2 Kings 6, and it's Elisha. He was um, giving the king of Israel tips on where the king of Assyria, a king of Syria was going to attack him. And so the king of Syria finds out that it's Elisha doing it. So he tells Elisha, I'm going to kill you, man. And he tries to, he goes to where um, Elisha is, surrounds where Elisha is with this mighty army. And the servant in the morning looks and says, oh my gosh, like this is overwhelming and starts freaking out. And we pick up the story, 2 Kings 6, verse 16. This is Elisha speaking. So he answered, do not fear, 
For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Oh my gosh. Do you know that those who are for you are more than those who are against you? I want us to be a church that sees everybody. That word see is not just talking about your natural. That word see is talking about what you perceive, what you believe to be true. I want us to be a church that sees with belief that we can look at any situation in our life, no matter how small or how big it is, and say, not too mighty for my God. I want us to be a church that sees that we may know that we're not alone in our jobs. We're not alone in our marriage. We're not alone raising our kids. We're not alone wherever it is that we go because those who are for us are so much more than those who are against us. You are not alone in this thing. Yes, the battle is there. Yes, Jericho is there, but you must know that those who are for you are more than those who are against you. You have to start with seeing the victory first. The Bible says in Joshua 6, 2, going back to the original text, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, it's the same word. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty man of valor. See, see what? The truth is they hadn't done anything yet. They hadn't done anything yet. But what happened if you look at the text in Joshua 1 and Joshua 2, they had sent two spies into Jericho and to Rahab, the prostitute's home. It's a whole story. You got to read it up. <laughs> a prostitute? Okay, listen. And Rahab told him, like, all of Jericho is afraid of you, Israel. All of Jericho is afraid. We're trembling. We know what the Lord has done. We know about the Red Sea. We know about the previous kings that y'all have defeated. Like, we are so terrified. You know, you may not have a good reputation, but your God has a great record. When you see and consider the things that he's done, especially for other people, just look in the Bible. It's the same God. Then you know that he can defeat this thing in front of you. It's funny, in high school, I spent some summer, um, a summer in Cali at my aunt's house. And let me just say, it was not Beverly Hills. I'm not going to say what it was, but it was the exact opposite of Beverly Hills. So once, and I would go to the Y frequently. Once I found my way, I started going by myself. And um, I remember one time I was just walking to the Y. I was excited. I mean, there was, it was going to be like the jump off. There was just stuff, people there. I'm like, hey, you know, um, East Coaster here. But it was just super excited about it. Minding my business. I was on my Nokia phone playing Snake. Do y'all remember I was obsessed with that thing. And I hated my Nokia. If I remember this specific time, I just, I hate this song. I wanted a razor so bad. Do you remember razor phones? No one remembers? That's whatever. I wanted a razor phone so bad. And I'm on my phone. I'm just minding my business, just kind of walking absentmindedly, going to the wild, when all of a sudden, whoop. I'm like, what in the? It was a dog that came lurching at me, and it had one of those thick, like, silver collars, those ones that says, I'm dangerous, like, beware. I mean, super thick, and the, because it was chained to the collar, like, it, like, yanked it back, but then 
I screamed, and I think it started barking. It screamed. I think it kind of like laughed at me for a second. I think it realized that I wasn't from around here, so then he started telling his homies. So all I know, this street, all of the homies, all the dogs were just barking, seriously barking. One of them got loose and started running after me. They weren't cute dogs. They weren't doodles, everybody. You know, doodle, the cute little dogs, they weren't those. No, these were some gangster dogs. And so... They were running after me, and I was running. I was running. True, true, true story. I ended up running on top of a car. Whose car? Doesn't matter. I'm still here to tell the story, so I guess I made it. But I ran on top of the car, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I finally turned back. I didn't want to turn back early because you don't want to be Lot's wife. You know Lot's wife? Christian joke. Ha, ha, ha. I run, and then I look, and y'all, it was a chihuahua. A chihuahua. It was a small little mutt-looking chihuahua. A chihuahua that I could have kicked back to the pound a long time ago. A chihuahua that delayed me from going with the homies and the friends and stuff like that. A YMC. It was a chihuahua that I was afraid of. That was losing my mind. Running the opposite direction because of a chihuahua. A chihuahua. If you have a chihuahua, I hate you. A chihuahua had me this scared. I wonder how many of us are afraid of something that has a bark but no bite. You are running away from something and it's a chihuahua. A chihuahua. I hate them. But you're running away afraid for your life, going the opposite direction because you're afraid of something like that, a defeated foe. Do you know anything that has a name must bow to the name of Jesus? Anything that has a name must bow to the name of Jesus. We're running scared. We're running overwhelmed, these Jerichos in our lives. And God's saying, see, I've given it to you already. Jericho whole time was afraid of Israel. Israel had a choice. They could have said, nope, I'm good. And they did, remember? The previous said that they did. They looked at all the cities and said, this is too overwhelming. I don't want it. But this new generation stepped in and said, okay, we're going to trust you. We're going to see the victory first. Second thing is, it may not always make sense. It may not always make sense. See, I'm not nosy. I'm not nosy. I just like to know things. What type of things? All things. I like to know the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's not tell me the tea. No, tell me the hot chocolate. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Someone please tell my husband because he doesn't quite understand the art of storytelling sometimes. At least when he's talking to me, he'll tell a story two minutes flat and it's done. And I'm, someone said amen. (laughs) You are such a dude. But you're a man and we honor you. And I'm like, Stephen, what else happened? He was like, that's it. Well, how did you feel? Didn't feel anything. How did they feel? I don't know. I didn't ask them. So how did we get to this conclusion? Are you keeping things from me? No. What else happened? Stephen, tell me. I want to know the details. It's like, that's it. My husband is never more like God than when he's storytelling. 
That's it. We want God to tell us all the details. That's it. Go, huh? And what else, God? No, that's it. You're going to be able to defeat Jericho. How? What? 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 That's it. (laughs) The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. We want to know. I want... See, that's that carnal side. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It may not always make sense what God is asking us to do. The request may actually be silly. He said to march. Here is Jericho. Yup, I see it. Tall walls. Yup, I know. March, huh? March, not do cartwheels, not do backflips, not mm-mm. just march. Are you march? Remember the story of Naaman? Some of us are familiar with it. He suffered from leprosy, and the prophet said, "Hey, um, just go dip yourself in the water." And the Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Just go, go do that. That silly thing. He gets mad. He wanted something more complicated. I think some of us, we get mad. We want something a little bit more complicated than what God is asking us to do. March. Can you imagine Joshua telling like the military men? Yeah, man. So I got the plan. I got the plan. We're going to do boss. Yeah. We're going to march. Okay. Okay. I see that. I'm with you, man. Heart and soul. Yeah, okay, okay. And, and then what, boss? And we're going to go home. Okay, we're going to do day two. We're going to march again. Day three. March. We're going to have a parade, boss. Something like that. But a silent parade. Because they couldn't talk. You know, there's a silence that's necessary to you defeating Jericho. Some of us, we just like to talk. Our mind, we just like to talk, 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 talk about all the things. Not even talking God's word, but you're talking your fears. And the whole time you're cursing the very thing that you want to see defeated. There's a silence that's necessary sometimes. You're going to be silent. Can you imagine? They're walking, marching. Day one. <laughs> Clearly not a marching band. They marched and they marched. For six days, they did this once. And on the seventh day, they marched around. And the seventh lap, that's when they shouted. And that's when the walls came tumbling down. But they didn't know it was going to happen. They had to trust. I don't know what Joshua felt. I don't know what some of the men felt going around that same wall over and over and over again. When God asked me to do something, to obey in the simple things, because I get complicated a little bit, 
I want to, I want to, can, can I see a brick fall? Can I see something happen to make me like to not give up? Because I'm doing this thing over and over and over again and I'm not seeing. God didn't ask me to see with my natural eyes. He has already seated me in heavenly places. God asked me to see from a place of victory and God just asked me to obey. God is just asking you to obey. It's something so simple. Do it. There's a story and I love the story. It's about the disciples. They were fishing and they had fished all night and they caught nothing. And Jesus steps into the scene and says, friend, have you caught anything? No, you know what? You know I didn't. Okay, throw your nets on the right side. They were experienced fishermen. They probably tried that already. The text doesn't say, but because Jesus said it, they dared to obey. And they fished one more time. They did it again. Here's a word to someone. Do it again. You've been marching, but you stopped. Do it again. Serve that spouse again. Pray for that relationship again. Budget again. Did you hear me? Budget again. Start living a healthy lifestyle again. Show up once more again at your job. Do it again. Do not stop. If Jesus said it, then we do it. It's so easy to clap. But y'all, for me, Sometimes when I've seen this Jericho thing for a long time, and some Jerichos, they didn't just happen in my life. They've been strongholds for generations. So you're looking at it just like that, and it's just like, again? But God, I don't see any evidence that this thing is going to fall. And he says this in Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time. Columbia, come on, somebody. At the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. What's the proper time? God's time? I don't know what God's time is for you. But I wonder how many of us have stopped short of the miracles that God's already given us because we've grown weary. What if we were one call away from that relationship being restored? You wrote it earlier on when we were doing Pray 21. You wanted that relationship restored and you were so intentional and you were praying and you were fasting and you were believing. But every time you attempted, they just went the other way. And so you've stopped. But God is saying, I've given that relationship to you. Some of you are saying no to a marriage. You're like, I'm tired of just being the only one that shows up. I don't even know if they want this anymore. And you believed and you were praying. You even had accountability. You were in your connect group just praying. And then you've just, I don't see it. So I'm, I'm done. Some of us are jobs. And we feel as if God's called us to. We know that this is what God's called us to. But it's just so hard. And you're trying and you're trying and you're trying. But you just like, forget it. I'm just going to mail it in. You're not attempting anymore. All of your ideas that you've pitched, like none of them have been received. You say, forget it. I'm just going to settle. No. Pitch that idea again. I wonder how many of us have stopped on lap four. How many of us have stopped on lap six? How many of us have stopped on lap 13? Do not stop. Do not grow weary. Here's a wake-up call. Do it again. God is saying for us all to do it again. To not 
grow weary in well-doing. Well, the wonderful thing is you look at the story of Jericho. They were marching. It was silent and all that stuff. But they weren't marching by themselves. First of all, they were connected with other people. Here's a message for someone. Do life with someone else. Because you will go tired. Not only that, but they were with the presence of God. Some of us, we have Jerichos and we're motivated. Yeah. Almost like a double dutch. Yeah. Any day. I'm going to get it. But you're doing it in your own strength. And you, praise God. And if you were to be honest, your faith is just dissipating. We're heading into summer. You're not as excited anymore. Check your heart. You're not as excited. You're not as hopeful anymore. You think that Jericho is too mighty. It's not. Jericho still fall. When we're going around doing the same thing over and again, over and over again, what happens is that even if we grow weary, the Bible is so clear. Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. The Lord knows. He says, I will give you rest. There's rest for you. There's refreshment for you in his presence. He's called you to do something. He's going to equip you to. Again, it might be weird. His ways are not our ways. The third thing, though, is, oh, I love this point. I hate it, but I love it. The third point is after obedience is more obedience. You like it? All right now. After obedience is more obedience. You know we don't just obey once and say that's it. It's a lifestyle of obedience. We don't get to spiritual maturity by just obeying, obeying one thing and then not the other. It's a lifestyle. And I dare say it progressively gets harder. Anybody in say It gets a little harder. For me, I'm a bit dramatic. I'm not sure if you can tell. Someone say, yeah, we can. And the Spirit of God is not... I'm a bit dramatic. So in my faith, I've always liked the big moments. Last time I preached it. Yeah, man. You're going to go to sleep in the prison and you're going to wake up in the palace. I like that. I was blind and now I see. Bada bing, bada boom. Right there. And God so does that. He does. More often than not. It's not as dramatic. More often than that, it's just a lifestyle of consistency. Um, there's a story about the 10 lepers. And again, leprosy is one of those incurable diseases. And I like leprosy because sometimes we have some situations. If God doesn't move, nothing will happen. There's a story of 10 lepers, and they were outcast, their bodies slowly deteriorating. And they cried out to Jesus to be healed. And uh, I love this text. We pick it up in Luke 17, verse 14, UBC. It's just so good. Lean in if you can. It says, this is Jesus. So when he saw them, let me pause here. Sometimes you feel as if you're in a crowd and no one sees. I'm here to dispel that right now. God sees you. 
He sees you single mom. He sees you single dad. He sees you student. Everyone keeps asking about what you're going to do after college and you have not the slightest clue. You just want to tell them to shut up, but you can't because you want their money. I mean, he sees you. He sees you. When he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. When were they healed? When were they healed? Was it in an instant? The miracle came along the way. The miracle came one step after the other step, after the other step, after the other step, after the other step, after the other other lap, after the other lap. The miracle came along the way. As they went, they were cleansed. As they marched, as they obeyed, as they went is when they were cleansed. The miracle comes along the way as you obey. You not just obey once, but you continue to obey. Because the children of Israel, they obeyed once. They did. They marched around. They did their thing. Seventh time. That seventh day, they shouted. And the walls came tumbling down. Yeah. God did that. But God also told them that the first belongs to me. He said, do not touch the accursed things. That's what God said. One of them has sticky fingers. Let's call him sticky fingers, Achan. So Achan said, you know what? This looks a little good. I'm going to keep it to myself. I kind of worked hard for this anyway. Sounds a bit like tithing, right? No, I worked for this. I'm going to keep it. So the next battle that Israel faced as a nation, they were defeated. They weren't supposed to be defeated, but they were defeated because of one person's disobedience. You know our disobedience, it doesn't just affect us, right? It affects the people that we're connected with. Remember the story of Jonah? He was a prophet. God said, hey, go, go evangelize, go to Nineveh. Nineveh? Mm -mm, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go to Tarshish. So he gets on a boat and this mighty storm comes. And everyone's on the boat, like, freaking out. And the boat's about to collapse and all this thing. And he realizes it's him. It's because of him. I wonder how many storms are our families in, and it's because of our disobedience. It's not your child's fault. It's not your husband's fault. It's you. It's not the company's fault. It's you. Oh, Spirit of God, no condemnation, none at all. After obedience, we must obey again. Okay, you prayed for that spouse. Pray again. We don't stop with obedience. We continue with obedience. I work out sometimes. Take a break. Let's not talk about it. But the point is, I'll obey my trainer, and he'll say, lift the weight up. I'm like, no, I can't handle it. No. Lift the weight up. I know you can. Lift the weight up. Yeah. Fantastic time at the gym. You know how I reward myself? 
eating cookies? And not just one, not just two, not just three. Four cookies. I like four cookies at a time. And if they're ginger snaps, oh Lord. I love ginger snaps. Six cookies, seven cookies. I'm wondering why my abs are playing, not even peekaboo, it's like hide and seek. And they're hiding. I can't just obey in one thing in the moment and forget everything else. Some of us, we're obeying God. Yes, we're here, but we're not obeying what his word says on our finances. We're not obeying what he says and how we conduct our relationships with our spouses or our siblings. We live a lifestyle of obedience, everybody. And that's the lifestyle that produces one Jericho's. Let me go back. Life is not just full of one Jericho's. There are multiple that are going to be in our way. And how we defeat these things is just obeying. How did the walls come tumbling down? It was the Lord. He did it. He could have just done it by himself, but somehow he decided to partner with us and in our faith. There are things that God can't do in an instant, but something happens in us as we obey. There's a level of spiritual maturity. There's a level of trust that comes along as we obey. The miracle comes along the way. I, um, there, this fantastic hero of mine, her name is Sheila Walsh. She said this to me and I was just, I was fascinated by it. She said, every year it's I, I start my year with just having a plain sheet of paper and I uh, sign my name at the bottom. And that God, whatever it is that you want me to do, wherever it is that you want to take me, whatever you want, things that you want me to attempt again, I will because it's not my life, it's yours. So almost like a contract, God kind of sort of, but she just wants to let him know that I'm yours. I trust you. So she legitimately has a paper and she signs it just because she wants to live a lifestyle of obeying the Lord. I know that there are specific things. That God is asking you to do again. And if you're a Christian, I'm asking you, will you obey him? Or is your life your own? Because I'm telling you that your way is not going to be the way that's going to be the best. You might see some breakthrough, but it's not going to be the total breakthrough. When the children of Israel, when they obeyed God, it said Jericho was defeated, fell flat. And guess what? They burned the city. When they obeyed God, they burned it, never to be constructed again. When we do it God's way, that victory is a total victory. It's a total victory. So your kids don't have to worry about that Jericho's anymore. Will you live a lifestyle of obedience? I can't volunteer for you, but you can volunteer yourself. We're going to have a moment of prayer. and I'm just going to pray over you in that moment. Kind of have picture of a face. I mean, picture a, a, a sheet and sign it. Say, God, I'll obey. God, if you're asking me to march again, not to give up on that marriage, not to give up on that child, not to give up on that job, not to give up on my health. If you're asking me one more time, then God, if you said it, I know that your word produces. It doesn't return void. And God, if you're asking me to, I will do it. And as I obey God, I thank you that the miracles will fall. Will, will we be a church like that? That's the type of church I'd like to go to as well. 
Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you. Jericho still fall because of you. Thank you for everyone underneath the sound of my voice. I pray for endurance. I pray for vision, Lord God, to just see from a heavenly perspective. I thank you that you are doing it. (laughs) And you're giving refreshing, God, as we obey. God, I'm praying for also people underneath the sound of my voice. God, there's so many people here, and I know that not all of them know you. If you're in here and you're saying, I see a Jericho in my life, and I cannot get this thing to budge for the life of me, you weren't designed to. It's God that made the walls fall down. And it's only God when you invite him into your life that can make victory take place. So if that's you, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe this is your first time back in a while. Maybe you've never been, but something is telling you, just, I think I want God. You were made for God. And that thing is real right now. If you came in, maybe you just wanted to appease a family member. Maybe you wanted to appease a friend. Maybe you just tuned in online and you feel that something that's the Lord pulling at you. Say, I am real. I still make Jericho's fall and I will do that in your life. And that's you. And you want a relationship with God. It will be my privilege, my complete honor to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand up just where you are. And this is the thing. It's so simple, everybody. It's so simple. It's just a prayer. Believe in your heart and confess with your tongue that Christ Jesus is Lord. In that moment, everything changes. In that moment, he steps in. Oh, and you'll be able to see the angel armies all around your home, all around your job. The guilt stays off. In that moment, everything changes, including your eternity. And if that's you that stepped in today, oh, it's a date with destiny, and it will be my honor to pray for you in church. Out of encouragement. Because I know we have some people that are going to be saying this for the very first time. It's not dramatic. It's not anything. It's real. It's the gospel. So if you can just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for everything. God, I ask that you step into my life and that you lead me. And God, thank you for making Jericho's fall. Lord, it's about to be good. And I'm ready for all your promises. In Jesus' name.